People, Deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back into the Deluded podcast, the really and truly podcast, the DG podcast. Every day, depending on who I speak to, it takes on the name of itself. It is the the Deluded podcast, so or the DG podcast, better yet. But moving forward, who really cares about the name? We're here for the content. First things first, you know, Happy New Year, seasons, greetings and all of those sort of things. This is the first episode of 2021 from myself and I'd hope that, you know, you lot will be here for the whole journey. When we look back in December, you know, we've brought out however many podcasts and we've grown to whatever level and things like that. Um, it means a lot that you lot have supported me over the last year and I hope you continue to do so. If you're finding out about me for the first time, check out, check out the description, you know, Make sure you head over to the YouTube, which is my bread and butter in terms of content. You know, hit a subscribe. If you're coming to me via Apple Music, Spotify, all of these streaming platforms, make sure you hit the follow button or subscribe button or whatever button it has to make sure you always get notifications or information when my stuff is dropping. Now, it's been a crazy start to the Premier League this year, people. In fact, the whole Premier League's been crazy, but this game week has been crazy. You know, Liverpool lost to Southampton, you know, Man United. You can't not say mathematically anyways, regardless of what they have to say. They are in the title race. Um, Arsenal keep winning. Arsenal won back-to-back um, games away from home. You know, Chelsea keep losing. Ch- um, they got smacked up against City. It's crazy, people. I think game... When I look beyond the... Um, my love for Arsenal, I enjoyed the Brighton versus Wolves game, you know, 3-3, Brighton took the lead, Wolves drops, really let two, let all three points drop out their hands, it was quite an interesting game, you know, David Moyes derby, you know, Andy Carroll scored, it's been a madness, but let's get into it, people. First things first, let's actually start with Bielsa versus Jose Mourinho, now, Bielsa's leads deserve their plaudits, I know there's a lot of criticisms, should they tailor the way they play football according to the opposition and maybe so you know it's doing a madness this season maybe when people because Leeds is quite fresh to everyone you know did nobody everyone can see what they were doing last year everyone knows about Bielsa but they're fresh to the Premier League they ain't bucked too many Premier League sides you know next season it might be a bit different they might have to evolve they might have to tailor the way they're playing Bielsa's a quality coach um you know, um, Jose Mourinho's side. I felt first twenty Chelsea. I mean, Spurs were a bit were a bit sluggish, but after that, you know, they're doing what they need to do. You know, Son has joined the hundred goal club. Um, for Spurs, he's got a hundred goals. He's been a terrific signing for Spurs, and you know, one of the best players I've seen play for Spurs in recent memory in my twenty four years, really and truly. Um, twenty five man, man's forgetting my age. You know what? Then again. With this whole COVID thing last year, I did say, and that's how you know my subconscious is working. I said, I'm turning 25 again. You know, I can't, I have to delete a year from my life because you lot deleted a year from man's life. But yeah, man, you lot know what it is. You know, Kane, lovely assist for Son. I, I've spoken about it in enough podcasts. You can see it. The, the link up between Son and Kane is ridiculous. And Son and Kane... Liverpool players as well, the front three to a degree. This is what I mean when I talk about Arsenal or football in general and I say people underestimate improving players and they underestimate relationships on the football field. You know, Son and Kane, they understand each other's game. You could see Son, Kane, really and truly Kane. We know Kane pops into those areas and things like that, but Kane has no business setting up the goal from where he hits. But you could see Son, Son's onside, he's on his back from early because he knows Kane can see him. Same way Kane's got the ball, he's probably not even looking at Son, he's like... If I put that ball in a certain area, I know Son has read this and I know he's going to be there. And, it's you know, you can't help but admire it. You know, and Dombile was decent as well, I felt. You know, the only bad thing you could say about Spurs is Doherty. Two silly yellows and, but if looks could kill, you know, we'd be having a funeral for Doherty right now because Jose Mourinho was vexed and as he should be. And it does make, when you see how Kyle Walker-Peters played against, for Southampton and has been playing and they've signed Doherty, it does look like a poor piece of business, you know. It does. Um, Doherty again. He's an Arsenal fan, so that should have that should have tipped the balance for for signing my man. Anyways, he he has a shout to be up there for worst signing of the season in my in my opinion. I think Doherty's been poor, but you know Spurs did what they needed to do. Toby Alderweireld got on the score sheet. Harry Kane got a goal and an assist. Son did his thing and joined the hundredth club. They did what they needed to do. People, Harry Kane, you know, with his assistant goal um, at the weekend, Harry Kane is the first player to reach double figures for both goals. He's got ten and assists. 10 in the top five leagues this season you know so he's had a hand in 20 goals already enough said we know Harry Kane's a madness and for me you know it doesn't matter if it's Harry Kane 
Vardy, Salah, you know, these one season wonders are doing quite great, you know. What a one season wonder Harry Kane is turning out to be. Hopefully he can continue this form, not too much because we don't want Spurs to do well, but hopefully he can continue this form as we think about the Euros and whatnot, um, you know, because you're seeing encouraging performances from him, from Foden. I think Calvert-Lewin's gone off the ball a bit, couple players gone off the ball a bit, but you get the point. Shout out to Calvin Phillips as well. Um, you know, VAR's a talking point, but Alioski was so silly for that tackle in the build-up. You know, ultimately, Leeds pressured Spurs early on, I'd say, for the first 20, but it didn't It didn't count for nothing, really and truly. Um, Son and Harry Kane have now combined for 13 goals in the Premier League this season. No duo has ever combined for more in a single campaign in the competition. Let's hope they ain't got no trophies to show for it, because that's quite a good... You know, a quite a good milestone. Speaking of milestones, Sun Hyun Min has scored his 100th goal in all competitions for Spurs. Only Harry Kane with 169 has scored more for the club since his debut in 2015. Further confirming he's a quality player. Now, again, I'm sure you all saw West Ham nicked it in the David Moyes derby against Everton, courtesy of Suchek. You know, who's been a very good permanent signing because I think he was there last year. Less said on that, the better, you know. Dumb points dropped for Everton, but I think West Ham on the balance of it, they deserve that. Now, I think Leicester, there was a couple scares from Newcastle in that game, but generally they did all right. What a strike it was for Telemans. You know, if Vardy isn't scoring, he's assisting as he did. You know, Harvey Barnes, I think, had an encouraging game. James Madison, who I feel, he has a... I don't know if he has a chance to go to the Euros. I think he should. I don't think Southgate feels him like that. Um, you know, I think Mason. I think Mason Mount's a favourite, but I think Mason Mount's gone off the boil, so that should tip it. Um, I personally think the one that has to go is obviously obviously Grealish, um, and Phil Foden, who got a goal and an assist against Chelsea. Um, but you never know, man, because James Madison, he, he when he does score, it is nine times out at nine times out of ten a terrific goal, and I think it kind of was, man. You know, James Madison has been directly involved in twenty nine goals in the Premier League for Leicester. 12 assists and 17 goals since the start of the 18-19 season. That's the most by any English midfielder in the competition. Like I said, when Jamie Vardy isn't scoring, he's assisting. You know, he's he's registered more Premier League assists for Leicester than any other player since the start of last season, which again shows Vardy's completeness, you know, and how vital he is. You know, he's getting older, he's getting better with, with, with age, you know, like fine wine. And it's crazy how... You know, you look at Vardy and what he's accomplished and what he's done and what he's doing. I swear the man wasn't playing Premier League football in, um, until 27 years of age. You know, it's crazy. Imagine where he was if he had that typical... Do you know what? Maybe he wouldn't be the Jamie Vardy if he was, you know, never got released and didn't go on the non-league circuit. Maybe if he was that 18-year-old in the academy doing the loans and getting, pro getting promoted to the first team, maybe it wouldn't have hit off like this, but... I don't know that. All I know is it's, it's crazy, people. You know, he scored, he's definitely got the most goals for Leicester. You know, he's getting more assists than everyone. You know, you do see his absence when he's having a bad game or when he's not there. And it's a shame he's retired from international football. Now, I get if I was him, like I said, he's coming to the game at 27. Football, I mean, pro, pro Premier League at 27. The fo a footballer's career is short. So I don't, I don't blame him when he's thinking about, you know what, I can spend more time with my family. Ultimately, you know, I don't know, but you probably shave five or six or even more um, appearances out of your football fixture calendar just by not playing for England and the, and the international breaks and the friendlies and all of these sort of things. It prolongs your career as well. Now, we all know, you look at it, you know, Ronaldo going strong, Lewandowski getting on going strong, Suarez quite prolific this season, you know, Jamie Vardy doing what he needs to do. You know, typically Aubameyang is scoring, so the, uh, Ibrahimovic as well. The age thing only goes so far. But you've also got to remember, you know, you have to look after yourself. You have to save your legs. Ultimately, you have to prolong your career. It's a shame we can't select him for England because him, Harry Kane, you know, we'd have some good... Calvert-Lewin's played his way into it. I believe Tammy would be the guy to go. Rashford and Sterling will go as midfielders, but they would be used. Bit of a shame because I think Mason Greenwood should go as well, regardless of form. But it is what it is, man. We're going off topic here. Like I said, Leicester defeated Newcastle two goals to one, you know, Madison scored, Jamie Vardy got an assist, Telemans, who's, you know, getting better with every game, scored a terrific strike. He has now scored four goals in the Premier League this season. You know, that's the most he's managed since he's joined Leicester people. So he's evolving and getting better. And he's someone who I, I really like, man. Telemans has been on the scene for a while and has done quite well, you know. Um, 
Wilfred indeed, he made more interceptions than any other player on the pitch against Newcastle. So, yeah, obviously we focus on the attacking players, but there's man that have to do the dirty work. You look at Danny Sabaos against West Brom, only um, only in that game, Danny Sabaos has a, has a player made more single um, interceptions in the Premier League game this season. And what shocked me the most is that, you know, Andy Carroll scored. It was a good little consolation strike from him, a good little strike from, from Andy Carroll. And what is more shocking is, you know, you know, it's taken him 10 years to score again for Newcastle. That was his first since 2010. Ultimately, it doesn't mean anything. Hopefully, it's a little con- confidence booster for Andy Carroll at the very least because he's a likeable guy. I've actually met him in, where what's that department store I used to work in, which I should remember, Harvey Nicks. He's quite a cool guy, man. He's like, have you got, you know, is the picture good enough? Let's take a couple more. Boom, boom, boom. We're talking about football. Andy Carroll's a cool brother, man. And him, Antonio, Townsend, even Javinho, all the footballers I've met, I want them to do well. So hopefully Andy Carroll can keep doing it because he never acted. Um, you know, we'll get on to Jurgen Klopp's comments about VAR and Manchester United, but it's all going right for Manchester United. You know, they've got Klopp rattled. You know, they've got the whole of the footballing fan base rattled. You know, Alex Ferguson is paying them direct debits for VAR because, you know, Pogba is fouling himself, people. It's silly from Doug, uh, Douglas Luiz to even challenge, but Pogba is, cl- is clipping his own heels and VAR is not acting. It's a penalty. It's a joke thing, man. And the amount of penalties Man United get uh, is a joke, but I'm sure they won't care. Somehow they found themselves in a title challenge. And you have to say, it, you know, Liverpool had the chance to run away with it. And like against West Brom, Southampton, the latest, they've dropped stupid points this season and again the only reason United won't claim a next league title is themselves because again they put good form together especially when Oli Gullasolsha's job seems to be on the line and then they start losing dumb games and things so they've put themselves in a great great position you can't rule out anyone do I think Man United are gonna win it no hopefully not um but at the same time you can't you know you have to keep it true you can't disregard them they found their way into it and you know for me, they should believe they can win the league purely because if you believe if you believe you can win the league, show some consistency. You don't win the league, Champions League football, and I'm sure Man United fans, regardless, even it's wicked. You know, it's a bit deep, and and really, Oli should be able to keep his job. But I genuinely feel if if somehow Oli Solskjaer wins the Premier League this year. I still think United fans want him gone, and I, the wickedest thing, I don't think they're wrong. Like I don't, I don't think they're wrong. Um, and for me as well, the key thing is. If you don't win the league, you should imagine you finish second or third or something like that. And definitely second, nobody, definitely a club like Man United that's so used to winning to the point where the fans, some of their fans are quite delusional. Um, you know, second isn't going to be good enough, but it's progress on last year and it's automatic qualification from the Champions League to the Champions League. Not that I don't think, when was the last time fourth played a qualifier? Since Arsenal have not been involved in that, I really don't know what's happening in the Champions League anymore, people. But, you know... And, and one player I'm really happy for is, is, is Bruno Fernandes. He's in my FPL team. I've clocked it, you know. Any penalties, free kicks, any any crime scene Man United score, I mean, um, cause and it relates in goals, you know, Bruno Fernandes is going to be one of those suspects. So I'll put him in my FPL team, you know. He's, <laughs> Eric Bailly is a lovable guy. He's celebrating like he's won the league. You know, Man United deserve to win, people. Two goals to one. And I have to admit, I was quite impressed with Jack Grealish as usual, John McGinn as usual. You know, but Aston Villa, man, different sort of class. You know, United done well to win 2-1. You know, you could see Villa pressing with their front four. Where Old Trafford, that's not happening with Aston Villa last season. You know, Dean Smith deserves a lot, lot of plaudits. Dare I say, Dean Smith deserves the plaudits that Leeds, that Bielsa's getting. You know, and again, I'm not saying that to belittle Bielsa's thing. I just feel, you know, Dean Smith, he's not a maverick. I'm not saying Bielsa's not a better manager and whatnot. Um, but he's not a maverick. He's not someone seen as an oracle. He hasn't got a long list of managers in the game right now, like Bielsa has with with Pep Poch and Pep, who can say they learnt from him and all those things. But I just feel the way Villa are playing, the way they're attacking, the way they believe they can beat anyone, like tactically, they're you know I'm seeing a front four. I'm seeing their front four press Man United. You know, at Old Trafford, maybe that say now United are falling off, but for me it's all Villa. You know, and they, they deserve to get signed out of the game. VAR did them dirty, but again, it is what it is in that regards, people. Like I said, Pogba fouled himself, but Man United won't care. Um, it is what it is. And that's, like I said, you can't say they're not in the league title challenge, people. And do Liverpool have United now at the end of this at, at the end of the week? They could do, I could be wrong. But that sets that up, people, and you're laughing if you're a United fan, you know. It feels like things are getting back to old where people are are, are assuming you're paying off referees, you know, you're getting a whole lot of penalties, 
Um, you know, you've got Liverpool. Liverpool rattled clearly. I don't know if that's mind games from Jurgen Klopp or if he's genuinely making a point or rattled. You know, you've got Liverpool there. You smacked up Leeds. You know, you're waiting to smack up City. Uh, you know, it's, it's Man United. It feels it probably feels like it's getting back to old times for United fans, but time will tell. Um, obviously, in Bruno Fernandez's 30th Premier League appearance in this game. Um, it was the 33rd goal he, um, he'd, he'd been involved in with his penalty people. You know, he's been directly involved in 19 goals and 14 assists. Absolutely crazy, people. Only Andy Cole, and, uh, Andy Cole can say he's been involved in more in his opening 30 games. And Bruno Fernandes has been a quality season, quality signing, you know, signed him last year mid-season. Very underestimated how you can see people sign in the summer for football clubs and they struggle much less signing mid-season in January where, to put it nicely, Manchester United have been a complete mess all over the club. You can't underestimate Bruno Fernandes' thing. I think to go up to the next level, you know, a byproduct of a player like Bruno Fernandes is you're going to give the ball away a lot because you're going to try mad passes. But I do think he can be a bit wasteful in that and I feel to take his game to the next level, he's got to decrease that and maximise and maximize when it is because sometimes he does come across as he's trying to force things a bit too much and I think he can become an even more complete player. Like, he's got that... He's a match winner, you know. You can't you can't buy that. He's a goal scoring midfielder. Typically, I look around the Prem. Definitely at my team, Arsenal. There's not too many midfielders I could describe as goal scoring uh, midfielders, you know. And and he can save you a lot because when the Rashfords and Martial's definitely not all been at it this season, and the Greenwoods, when these men are not at it. You got a midfielder there you can chip in. Well, to be fair, a couple of game weeks ago, you had Scott McTominay on his BS trying to trying to do this thing as well. Um, so, yes, yeah, fantastic from Bruno Fernandes. You cannot deny that or underestimate his contribution, people. He scored nine penalties since February last year, people. Two more than any other player. You know, it's, penalties is an art in itself. I always hate when people belittle penalties because it is quite nerve-wracking. You have got to practice. And when you're like Bruno Fernandes, who is a frequent penalty taker, teams do all their analytical research. How many times has it gone to the left, gone to the right? When he faints this way, it means he's going to do this. You know, the bottle. You know, I, I'm sure Bruno Fernandes has missed a penalty for Manchester United, maybe even two, but I can't verify that. And that shows how good he actually is, people. Um, Anthony Martial needs to start scoring more goals, man. We're getting too old in the day with Anthony Martial, but, you know, he did score a little header thing, um, if I can remember correctly, or that might have been in another game, but I'm pretty sure he scored. Watched so much football this year, um, this week. Anthony Martial has now scored on all seven days of the Premier, of the week in, in the Premier League for Manchester United. You know, he's become the fifth player to do so. Ryan Giggs, Andrew Cole, David Beckham and Wayne Rooney. Bit of a pointless stat, but it's a bit of a funny one, really and truly. So, Man United, like I said, you can't say Man United are not in the title race. If you're saying they're not in the title race, it's because they're biased. You know, like we're seeing... There's, and definitely, I'm hoping this as an Arsenal fan, there isn't too much between, we're, we're 11th, but 10th and 1st. Obviously, there's some points and we all know, but my point is there's going to be a lot of chopping and changing. So you can't rule, rule Man United out. You know, you can't say Chelsea were title challenges and now they're not. Spurs were, now they're not. Mathematically, as long as it's still possible, these, play, these cl players and clubs should be challenging for such. And Liverpool shouldn't panic because the worst thing they can do is panic because they've made this harder than it needs to be. Man United are firmly in the title race. But again, this could all change in six games. I mean, in two games, you know, six points could make this all look different. You know, if they keep it up, you know, we're at the business, we're approaching the business end. We've come out of the December period from now till I'd say April. Teams just got to focus on putting a run together and then it becomes a shootout in May. So make of that what you will. It would be not that I care because Arsenal wouldn't be involved, but it just feels like in the Premier League, it's been a hot minute since we've gone into deadline day. And, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, like... You know, like let's just say Deluded FC is playing ABC United and we're both on the same points and well, there's not too much separating it, goal difference and all of that. And we've kicked off at the same time and I score in the 15th minute. Now, at that moment in time, I'm winning the Premier League or at that moment in time, I'm beating relegation. It feels like we ain't really had deadline day madness. Like we ain't really had a West Ham where Tevez has scored at, at, at Old Trafford and saved them from the drop and all of these things. It is... It's, we are. I'm not going to say the Premier League's not exciting, but it's not really that exciting, really and truly. We're saying it's exciting as a byproduct of teams making hell of mistakes and not playing to their full clean, um, potential. You know, very few teams, I'd say Spurs are, are doing what they need to do in the goal scoring front, but I look at Man United. Are they scoring goals to their potential? Their team could score a lot more. Arsenal need to score a lot more. Chelsea not doing enough. Liverpool not score. A big problem for me is the cheap goals Liverpool are scoring. I mean, are conceding and not scoring enough. So I don't feel 
teams are playing every aspect or facet of a team is playing to their full potential and defending in in current days defending is going out of the window and you're seeing it with the number of penalties conceded the number of mistakes this is why you're seeing high scoring goals you know that and we live in a world where when we talk about defenders now don't get twisted you need to move with the times but why are we talking about ball playing? If I'm buying a car, I still need to know the car has four wheels. You know, it might not be the car of the 1920s. I might be able to get a stereo and all this, all these fancy things, but I still need four wheels, essentially. It just feels like we're looking for the wrong things in football. But let me stop doing all that back in my day stuff. Anyways, people. But yeah, man, you can't say Man United are not in the title race, in my opinion. Obviously, I don't. if it's not Arsenal, I don't care who wins it. Like, which Arsenal are not going to win. So it is what it is in that regards, people. But, you know, Man United will take those three points. Sheffield United can't buy a win. I don't know how, you know, I don't want any manager to lose their job. And especially someone like Chris Wilder, who, I've said it before, he... He's a living, breathing example of what it means to be a Yorkshireman. He's a proud Yorkshireman. He's from Sheffield United. He's as much as a fan as, as people sitting at home. You know, it does, it's probably not going to hurt. It, it probably hurts him the most to know that he's he, he's managing and he can't turn it around right now and the players are just losing. At some point, something's got to change. You know, it was always going to happen because last year it wasn't sustainable. They were good. But again, like I said, eventually you get found out people were shocked by the, the mentality and the workman-like nature and the still city energy they came with. But sooner or later, it it, it it dies down. People find a way to counteract that and you've got to evolve. And they haven't adapted and evolved and they find themselves in this mess, people. Like, they're looking like a championship side. Like, don't get twisted. Shout to Eze off the bench for Crystal Palace. Fantastic goal from his point of view, but... The amount of space, like he started it from his own half and you're just, nobody's tackling him. You're just inviting him. You're just inviting him. You can see it in his face. He's like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to shoot. And he scored people, you know. Zaha is sending man shop. It was lovely. You know, Bogo and Zaha were killing me, you know. Fullback and winger, they were killing me. Again, maybe Zaha's a bit lucky. Bogo didn't make a meal of that when he seemed to shove his neck. You know, he kept it true. It could have been a lot longer for him in this VAR society snowflake thing. Um... It could have got long. You know, Slop got them off to an early start before he got injured and his substitute Eze came on and, and, and sealed it, people. You know, Zaha is sending man shop. Zaha enjoyed himself, people. It, it, it was crazy. Get me shout out to that 16-year-old Antoine Hackford as well. 16 years of age, 220, 288 days. He's the youngest player to appear for Sheffield United in the Premier League, while he's the 20th different player to appear in the competition as a 16-year-old. Um, I don't know too much about him, but I know he's played for England at youth level and I know he's a relatively decent goal scorer. And, you know, between him, Brewster and the rest of it, they've got to figure that out. But, you know, it, it's... It, the stats are there, you know. Sheffield United are winless in their 17 Premier League games this season. They've lost 15 and drawn two. Any other manager is gone, long gone. He's probably he's probably got his next job. Pardon me. And I don't know if the club is seeing it as you know. Chris Wilder's our man. We're preparing for the championship. He's gonna get us out of it. But boy, it seems you know they look default destined to go down. They look gone. They're finished. Simple as that. Like, simple as that. I'm sure you all saw the 3-3 draw between Brighton and Wolves. What a game that was, you know. Brighton could say it's two points dropped because they took the lead. I'm sure at a point, Wolves were two in front and they failed it. You know, 3-3, six-goal thriller. It had it had everything, man. You know, I think I really enjoyed the equaliser, Sace's goal, because I think, you know, Semedo done very well to keep that alive. And what hasn't Roman Saiz got, like, three goals in the Premier League this season? I might have to add him into my fantasy league. It feels like he keeps scoring. I'm sure he scored against Spurs as well. Um, you know, Dunk, head, Dunk headed the equaliser in at the end. You know, death taxes and Dunk scoring or Brighton scoring from set pieces are an assurances. I'm sure you all saw how good of a player Pedro Neto is and... You know, that contributed to the own goal um, Dan Burns scored. You know, Dan Burns had it tough, man. You know, he's got ripped up against Bakayo Saka. He's conceded a penalty and given away an own goal. You know, the own goal was unlucky. There wasn't much he could do. Pedro Neto's put across in his, you know, it's, it's one of those things. But it was a bad day at the office. And maybe Bakayo Saka has, has fried his brain since we last played them. Um, you know, and after the first goal, Tossart absolutely killed for Connolly's goal. Tossart with the assist. Absolutely ripped I um that Nori guy, the left back, he was like Ange Night Wolves, you know. The young man would have learnt a lot, you know. He turning left and then right and then I think he even lost his foot in and he gets up and he puts the ball in. You know, them sort of things as a fullback, it makes you angry. Like if that happened to me, it would hurt my pride. The next 50-50, I can't lie, I'm taking the ball and the man. You're embarrassing me for match of the day. Say nothing. Um it's one of them ones. 
And with that being said, you know, Dan Byrne is the first player to score an own goal and give away a penalty in the same game um, in the Premier League since Mangala did so for Manchester City against Hull in 2014. This was also the fourth occasion that Brighton had managed to rescue a point in the Premier League game in which they have been two goals behind with um, with this their 40, 45th such game in the competition. So they know how to come back from behind. Both people shot themselves in the foot. Now, Arsenal defeated West Bromwich Albion four goals to nil. Back-to-back, you know, back-to-back victories. Back-to-back of victories away from home. Lacazette back-to-back scoring away from home. You know, my team had 11 shots and 20-plus in the first half and 20-plus in the second. You know, building nice moves together. I don't want to get too excited because I'm not taking anything away from our three games. We've done, you know, the manager's done well with the tactics. The boys have done well to sort out their attitude because you know me. I think mentality is everything. I've seen a different mentality in these three games, especially the Chelsea one, you know. That's when you get luck. You get things like Ajayi hitting the post and falling to Smith Rowe and Lacazette uh, um, going in. That's when you when you work hard, you get those fortunate things. But at the same time, looking at it on a balanced head and 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 getting away from the euphoria of the fact that Arsenal have been on a losing run and it's just nice to you know actually be able to watch match of the day for three weeks in a row. I'm not taking anything away. Like I said, mentality tactics from the manager and the collective have been amazing but two of those three games are games you're expected to win you should be winning you should be beating West Bromwich Albion look at where they are on the table you know Brighton haven't been able to really buy wins um, this season and have been quite poor you should be able to win these games you know it looks like a miracle because we have also been poor you know we've been fighting relegation and whatnot and it's amazing you know we're what six points behind these league title challenges in Chelsea and the relegation Arsenal is behind them boy you know dog it's crazy but yeah man it's a fantastic win you know players are in form I think Arteta's He's, he's gone for the not reinventing the wheel approach. You know, sometimes it felt like he was trying too much and he was overloading people with information. Right now, it looks like the balance, you know, players have freedom in the final third. Confidence is a big thing and you can see it, especially with the young players, the Smith Rolls, the Sackers, etc. You know, Lacazette, in a got a lot of form, you know, we played very good football. I've not been too impressed with, with Sabios generally since he's been an Arsenal player or this season, but I was impressed with the number of interceptions he made. I don't know if Bellerin came off because of a knock or the yellow card, but I feel Bellerin was good. You know, you can't not t- Kieran Tierney man of the match. You know, you've got Kieran Tierney, you've got Smith Rowe, you've got Bakayo Saka, you've got Lacazette who bagged the brace. You know, um, it's a it, it's a bit of it's a bit of a sticky one, but for me, Tierney typifies everything. I don't think he's going to be captain while Aubameyang's here, but he's someone that screams captain. Not David Luiz, Hector Bellerin, to be fair, even Aubameyang or Granite Xhaka. You know, I'd imagine in the next two years, Tierney is going to become captain because he gets it. He's consistent. He doesn't kick up a fuss. You know, his mentality is there. You heard previously these players were upset that he trains the way, you know, he trains too hard in training and he trains the way he plays. Tierney gets it. You know, I, the, I, the only thing I don't get is him being out here like he's on a beach or he's in Ibiza when it's when it's snowing. But them man there are from Glasgow. They know real cold. Um, so this is nothing. You know, he's probably looking at his teammates like, you man are babies. You know, he's probably looking at Maitland Niles like, what you want when Maitland Niles has all them things on? And to be fair, I'd be doing the same things Maitland Niles did. But what can I say? It's a fantastic result. And... It's nice to go into the FA Cup because, you know, when we've ended the... when we've The worst thing for me was going into the international break getting smacked because it was a sour taste and then coming out of it and not doing dirt. It's nice to obviously go into the new... Start the new year with with three points, end the new year with three points um, and whatnot. Um, end the year with three points, start the year with three points, get get that mentality going. It's, I can't really complain. It is very good in that regards, people. Obviously, we was in the relegation battle 10 days ago and we're now 12 points away from the drop zone and we're only 10 off the top. So again, remember when I said we have to consider relegation because we're closer to the bottom than the top? As unrealistic as it is, we need to look forward now. And again, for me, I still actually want us to have that mentality that we're being relegated. I don't want no complacency in this thing because, and for me, what I'm looking for is how we, not that I'll ever want to lose a game, but I do think we're too volatile. When things are going right, everyone's happy. When things are going negative, you get it where when things are not going well you need to keep that belief and when things are going well you need to keep that balance and not allow it to get complacent and i want to see not that i ever want to lose like i said i want to keep the rung of form going but i want to see if we can keep this up not let our heads drop when we've actually gone to go down or not taking three points and things like that um 
And we need to, like I said, we need to consider we're still in the relegation battle. I don't want any complacency. We've won three games against two teams who are quite crap this season. So let's continue where we where we've started. We've given ourselves a platform. Let's continue, people. Arsenal scored twenty percent of all their Premier League goals in terms of our goal tally this season in just one game against West Brom, which shows we need to be a bit more prolific. Bakayo Saka propaganda time, and he has this, he has scored the same amount of Premier League goals as George Ware. He has the same amount of assists as Diego Jota and Nicolas Pepe. Um, you know, since the start of last season, Bakayo Saka has been involved in 22 goals in all comps, 15 assists and seven goals. That's the second most by any teenager currently playing for a Premier League side after the 25 from Mason Greenwood. Two terrific young players. Kieran Tierney is the first Scottish player to score an away Premier League goal for Arsenal. Lacazette has scored, you know, there's a lot of talk about Lacazette signing a new deal and I'm not going to go over it because I've done a video on it. Go and check out my, my YouTube content, people. But it's nice to see this resurgent from Lacazette and he's got a bit of confidence. And and again, I have to put it down to finding your confidence and scoring. But I also feel you must have been doing extra training and things like that when we haven't been able to see, when the lights have been off. Because I always say the best thing you can do as a footballer when things aren't going right is to go back to basics. And it feels like Lacazette's gone back to basics. He's got his, he sorted out his mentality and believed in himself and he's gone back to basics to the point where even in the West Brom game, Someone with the IQ of, of Lacazette could have got a couple of assists. He tried to set up a Bamian. But sometimes he's shooting with his head down from angles. He's not going to score. But I don't mind that because previously I've seen him tripping up over the ball, missing tappings, missing headers. And it's funny what confidence can do for you as a footballer. You know, he has scored in four consecutive Premier League games for, for, um, for Arsenal for the first time since he's joined the club. You know, he scored five away Premier League goals in 2020-21. You know, there was a running joke of Lacazette loves the Emirates. He doesn't score away from home. This is his best ever. And I guess he I guess he's playing for a new contract or playing his way into into interest of other clubs with with his contract um, being up for debate. So we'll have to see. I previously said Kieran Tini would be up there for assists if we could score. Um, he has created more chances from open play for Arsenal than any other Arsenal player in the Premier League this season with 20, which on one hand, I'm happy about Kieran Tini. But on the other hand, I need to be seeing that for midfielders and wingers and all of these sort of things. It tells you that we're relying on fullbacks. If you're doing the Liverpool thing where I know they signed Thiago, but they've got the quality front three and the bulk of the assist comes from Trent and Robertson, cool. But I wouldn't describe Arsenal as that. To be fair, I did see our wing, our fullbacks flying forward the same way I saw it against Spurs. So it seems to be whatever Arteta said, it's working. Arsenal have scored more goals in their last three Premier League games than they managed in their previous 12. We got seven in the previous 12. We've got eight in our last three, which shows you what confidence can do. Playing your best players can do. Um, still waiting on Aubameyang to score. You know, still waiting on Aubameyang. I think he played better at the le at left wing, but um, he was involved. But as long as he doesn't score from open play, there's always a crisis. Um, this was also the biggest margin in, an, in a competitive away game in terms of a victory for Mikel Arteta. So there's a bit of thingy for him like I said we start as we mean to go on we've got some tough games coming up in no order we've got the FA Cup which we're defending and I want to see us put in a, def a decent defense in no order I'm sure we've got we've got to go to St Mary's away we've still got to play Newcastle um, and things like that we've got to play Newcastle twice in the FA Cup and the league I think we've got to play Man United at home Again, you know, this is all towards the end of January. I'm sure we've got Leicester away, Wolves away. Tough little games here, people, you know. these are, And you've got the Europa League against Benfica. The games are coming thick and fast. So this is why I'm happy that we've at least won three games, stopped the ruck, getting some form together. But now it's even more of a task to stand up to be counted because... You know, it's gazy at the moment, people. It's absolutely gazy. Um, I'm sure you all saw the game of the game of the weekend without a doubt, people. Manchester City versus Chelsea, Chelsea versus Manchester City. Pressure on Lampard. You're seeing rumours of Allegri, rumours of Tuchel, rumours of this guy. You know, is Roman Abramovich ready to sack Frank Lampard yet? I think so, if things continue, because at the end of the day, you spent 200 million and man are not seen anything like Timo Werner. It's got to point. I have to question Timo Werner's mentality. I'm seeing him taking corners when you know and, and falling over. Sometimes it looked like he's shying away from one in the ball. He he looks shot, and he played through the middle, so there's no real excuses. He looks shot on confidence, but I will say to him, not a single player is excelling. You know, Uncle Kante. Sterling is just running past him like he's not there. Kante is clearly on the decline. He's still a quality player, but he's on the decline. And I feel Kante is left exposed often and not when you see Mason Mount pressing and things like that. So again, it comes down to the midfield. And like Arteta, Frank Lampard was a midfielder. So question marks, you know. 
not a single player really, really excelling in, in a Chelsea perspective. They really did struggle. You know, Mendy, their magical powers in goal are wearing off. City put them to the sword and many people would have looked at the City lineup and said, oh, Chelsea could have a go here, you know, rather foolishly. You know, they they impacted by COVID. You know, you actually didn't see Foden on the right wing. You saw him on the left. You saw Sterling on the right and they were both involved. You know, Sterling's unlucky not to score, you know, in the build-up to Kevin De Bruyne's goal. Terrific counter-attack from him. All Kante's fault. You know, Phil Foden's goal was lovely and so was his assist. Uh, you know, it was it was a crazy game. It was a crazy game to watch people really and truly. They put them to the sword. Obviously, Callum Hudson-Odoi came, came off the bench. And to be fair, I think he's done quite well off the bench. You know, I think he deserved to start. The, the, Werner, the, the ZH gamble didn't bang. You know, they tried to gamble on ZH's fitness. It didn't work out. It is what it is. Um, and that tells you Arte, um, Lampard is desperate. You know, when I look at Callum Hudson-Odoi, he set up a goal against us. He came off the bench and scored. And at least, you know, 3-1 looked better than 3-0. Um, gave him some little face to save, but it's poor. It's, it's all going wrong at Chelsea, you know. Lampard, and he is right. There was talk of giving him a new deal a couple of weeks ago. They were title challenges a couple of weeks ago, so you can't be reactionary. But it is quite concerning. It looks like there's more questions than answers at Chelsea. It doesn't look like they're excelling, you know, and it looks like they're making things harder than it needs to be. Really and truly, you know, it was crazy. The counter attack for the third goal was ridiculous. I feel the midfield was terrible. You know, Aspilicueta has been a fantastic servant both to Chelsea and the Premier League, but time catches up with every man. And bro, he looked tired. You know, Thiago Silva looked tired. Thiago Silva's been decent this year. He's getting ripped. You know, Zuma wasn't about it. You know, mentally, them players weren't there, and I don't know what I don't know how it's gonna stop. If it's gonna stop for Chelsea, you know, I'm hoping. I'm sure Chelsea fans hope it that it does. I'm hoping it continues. But yeah, you know, you look at Chelsea's last six games; they've only got one win. People, you know, one win from their last six, and they're now eighth. You know, two. You know, looking at their last six games, you know, first you got loss, loss, win, loss, draw, loss, mad thing. And, you know, uh, how can I forget Gundogan's strike? What a turn. He absolutely turned. Who did he turn? Someone got ripped for Gundogan's goal. What a strike that was from Gundogan. You know, that's back-to-back -back goals for Gundogan, which is the first time he's done that since 2018. Bagging, obviously, against Chelsea and Newcastle. Obviously, he's the one that scored the first for City. Ruben Diaz. Diaz deserves all his plaudits. There was a lot of people concerned about his signing at City. So far, so good. Versus Chelsea, had the most recoveries, most blocks, most clearances. And I think Rodri's up there for those stats. I feel Rodri was giving the ball away very needlessly in that game for City, personally. But it is what it is, people. Um, since the start of December, only West Brom and Sheffield United have dropped more Premier, have lost more Premier League games than Chelsea. Chelsea have lost four, West Brom have lost five, Sheffield have lost six. Chelsea have three points fewer after 17 games than they did last season. And considering they had a transfer ban, you know, make of that what you will. Um, Chelsea have suffered as many defeats in their last six games as they did in the last 23 games beforehand. Phil Foden became the youngest player to score and assist in a Premier League game against Chelsea after Jermaine Defoe, who did it at 19 years of age and 356 days. Phil Foden was 20 years of age and 220 days. Kevin De Bruyne has now scored four goals against Chelsea in the Premier League. That's the most a former player has netted against Chelsea in the competition, you know, he, and he really should be a Chelsea player. Um... Southampton, you know, they got they got one back. They got their own back. Normally, it's a Southampton, an ex-Southampton player wreaking havoc against Liverpool. But, you know, Southampton actually buying a player from Liverpool is quite crazy. I know Ings used to play for them, but, you know, they've got Ings and he's struck in the second minute. And to be fair, you know, like I ironically, something you wouldn't attribute with Liverpool, their inability to score of recent games is costing them. It cost them against West Brom. They took the lead with Mane. They didn't build upon that. You know, it took them what until the 70 odd minute or something to have to have a shot on target people. The 71st. You know, we know their Liverpool's squad is impacted by injuries. I think last night was their 14th different centre half combination. But certain players were poor. Ox was poor. Thiago was unusually poor. They ultimately didn't take their chances. Trent Alexander-Arnold was extremely poor. Something you don't normally say with him, people. You know, um, you know, it was it was it was quite crazy. He lost possession. He lost possession a ridiculous amount of times. He was getting beat far too easily. I felt, um, you know, it was a poor game from Trent Alexander-Arnold. And ultimately, you have to give credit to Hassan Hutu and Southampton. That's a big three points for them, and they deserve it. They've been playing well all season. You know. 
They deserved all three points against us and we were lucky. You know, they deserved something out of the game against City when City won 1-0. You know, playing playing Southampton this season is a tough one. Playing Southampton at St Mary's is a tough one. And like I said earlier, Arsenal got to travel to them and that's our bogey team on the best of days. So make of that what you will, people. You know, have to big up Kyle Walker-Peters and it makes it more bewildering that Spurs sold Kyle Walker-Peters, tried to bring in Doherty and it's not really working out, really. Um... Absolutely shocking game from Liverpool. Liverpool have dropped more points um, in 17 matches this season than they did throughout the whole of last season. They dropped 15 points last season and they've dropped 18 so far. Big up Danny Ings, you know. Shout out to Kyle, um, to, to um, James Ward-Prowse for the assist as well. My FPL thanks you. Um, that was his 50th Premier League strike in 124 appearances. Um, that goal against Liverpool was the earliest he scored in the competition, people. Um, a minute and some change on the clock. Southampton are the first team in the Premier League to beat all seven winners of the competition in the season following a title win. Okay, fair play. Um, most most times lost possession. Most times possession has been lost in a Premier League game since 2016-17. Trent Alexander-Arnold um, against less against Leicester in 2019-20. Pereira against Southampton in 18-19. Um, ben Chilwell, 42 against Everton in 18-19. Um, 38 by Trent Alexander-Arnold was the joint most um, that evening, people. He was, it was quite crazy. Um, like I said, it was quite it was quite poor that the fact that Southampton were able to shut Liverpool out and disallow them from having a shot until the 71st minute. But saying that, though, you know, Klopp, I don't know if he's looking at where Liverpool went wrong. I don't know if he's playing mind games. But like I said earlier, as a Manchester United fan, you're absolutely laughing, you know. You're, you're absolutely laughing. You've beat Leeds in recent games, you know. You've seen Leeds lose this weekend. You've seen Liverpool lose on a Monday. And you're seeing their manager, first things first, come out and talk about them, you know. Manchester United are the kings of mind games, or so Alex Ferguson is. And so Alex Ferguson was probably having a, a cup of wine, a glass of wine, you can't have a cup, a glass of wine and having a little chuckle about that. And I'm a big fan of Jurgen Klopp, but I don't think people realise how every football, every manager of football is a sore loser, but I don't think people understand how much of a sore loser he actually is. Like He's the best guy to be around when they've won. He's actually quite a wreck when they've lost. You know, his words, he said... The handball looked like a clear penalty and to be fair, VAR is some BS because it was. I turned to the fourth official and he said, we checked already, no penalty. What Andre Mariner did with Sadio Mane tonight, I'm not sure that's okay to be honest. I hear now that Manchester United have had more penalties in two years than I've had in five and a half years. I have no idea if that's my fault or how that can happen, but it's no excuse for the performance. We cannot change it. We have to respect the decisions, but now we can change our performance. That's our focus. Now, I don't know if that's mind games with Jurgen Klopp because of where Man United are or if that's, you know, genuine, why aren't we getting penalties and other men are, which there's some truth in that. For me, if I'm Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, personally, I'm seeing, I'm using that as a booster to my team saying, look, Look how poor they've caused, they've called us as Man United. Look how poor up mixed our season's been. We've put a couple of wins together and look where we are and, and look how scared we've got Klopp. He sees us as a problem. I'm using that to G up my players. Um, and again, I don't know if it's mind games from Klopp. I mean, from, from Klopp to, you know, scrutinise Man United and make people think sec, think twice before giving Man United penalties. I don't know how true that is. They've got Bruno Fernandes. They've, they've, you know, they've got Alex Ferguson paying them direct debits. You know, from you're getting penalties where Pogba's fouling himself, then like, it's irrelevant what Klopp is saying. When you look at the most penalties won since 2018-19, you know, not that Liverpool can really complain. They're in the top four for it. You know, Leicester have been given a ridiculous amount, as has City. Um, you know, Manchester United have 32, Leicester have 24, Manchester City have 18 and Liverpool have 17. Boy. So uh, there is truth. You know, look how many United have been given and Leicester, to be fair with you. But some men in both them teams know exactly how to dive and go to ground. I can't lie. Vardy knows how to go to ground real good. Um, with that, though, the main problem for me is Liverpool are not taking their chances away from the penalty business, you know. Liverpool have now failed to score in 258 minutes of league action. The Klopp, the, um, Klopp side managed just one tame shot on target at St Mary's. Um, it's quite crazy, people. The reigning champions have netted with one of 41 efforts against West Brom, Newcastle and Southampton, which is why they failed to pick up nine points from all of those games, which shows you they need to be a bit more clinical. It meant a lot to Hassan Hutu, Hassan Hutu as you saw, he and you saw him drop to his knees. He said, with my history of Jürgen, he's the only coach I've never taken points off. So I was joking with him one month or two months ago when we had a Premier League meeting and I said, I want to have the chance to take a point off you so big up to him 
I'm sure you've all seen in other news, people away from the Premier League action. I'm sure you've all seen, you know, Tier 4 and National Lockdown and all this sort of stuff in England. As you don't know, professional sport in England can continue behind closed doors, which obviously means the Premier League and Elite Leagues can continue. Um, as you don't know, cases are still rising. Speaking of rising cases... Derby County have confirmed that several first team staff members and players have tested positive for those. They've not revealed the names. They've obviously said they'll all now self-isolate. And Moor Farm, which is the training ground for Derby, um, has closed temporarily, obviously, with immediate effect until they can get to the bottom of this. They were due to obviously play on Saturday in the F in the FA Cup and they will hold talks with the EFL and the FA over their forthcoming fixtures. Um you know, Rochdale's chief executive has said it's inevitable that the Football League will have to temporarily suspend fixtures because of rising corona cases. Um, you look at the past two games that um, Rochdale have had, you know, have been postponed because of COVID. You know, seven of, of the last of last Saturday's EFL games um, and 52 across the season have been called off. And in the Premier League, you've seen a couple called off as well. Um, you know, again, we're almost touching a year well, just over a year, a couple of months since we first had to deal with this, what became public knowledge, and we don't, we haven't come any closer to somewhat figuring out how to move forward. So we have to see what happens with the COVID stuff, people. Um, anyone that's suffering with COVID, wishing you a speedy recovery. Um, I'm sure you've all seen many Man United fans are crying for experience. You know, Oli Golasosha has been in the game 10 years and he moves like he's Arteta or something. You know, you've got Michael Carricker there, who I don't think you can criticise, but I think you can't underestimate experience. But um, and, it, and when you see someone like Darren Fletcher joining, it doesn't really help the cause. But, you know, I'm sure having coached their youth academy for a period formerly being a player he'd be welcomed you know who better to, to serve Man United in a coaching capacity than someone who's played for the club and gets what it means um, it does open up the, the window as in relation to how people can just jump up the levels because he was doing the under 16s in October and now he's part of the first team structure you know Darren Fletcher has joined Manchester United as part of their first team coaching staff he's, Darren has the United DNA running through his veins you know I'm sure, not sure that does much you know that only does so much for five games out of the season where you can galvanise the troops in a derby or something. But having the DNA doesn't mean anything. But let's just see, you know, in theory he does. You know, he's played 340 times for Manchester United. And I, listen, I think that's... A, I, I like to see old old players going back and things like that. You know, Jamie Carragher, big up Jamie Carragher, as he has stepped into sponsor Marine. Obviously, this is days before their FA Cup tie versus Spurs, which I believe is... Um, I'm not sure if that's going to be cancelled or whatnot. But apparently he's stepped in to sponsor them. Um, he lives nearby and he's agreed to sponsor the dugouts and the warm-up tops through his um, JC23 Foundation after a previous backup pulled out. So big up Jamie Carragher for that. He didn't have to do that. Um, William Saliba's transfer news. William Saliba has joined Nice on loan. He's been starved of football while he's been at Arsenal. Hopefully he gets a lot of first-team football. You know, Edu said... William, William Saliba is a player with a huge amount of talent and potential. We're confident he'll have a great career of us, but we must remember that he's still only 19 years old and has a lot of time ahead of him. Fair play. Let's get them get some development. Um, so, yeah, other, tran other, other transfer news. Apparently, Spurs have begun talks with with Harry Kane over... over um, a new deal. I'm sure he signed a new deal in like 2018, but apparently Dav Daniel Levy is, you know, scared of growing interest from Manchester City and PSG. Um, as we all know, apparently Frank Lampard's job at, at, at Chelsea is already under threat and Chelsea have already began to explore alternatives. And again, sacking a man is one thing, you know. I, I Listen, I don't believe in keeping a man because you can't find a replacement, but I always say you sack a man, then what? You know, because it already, he, right now, 200 million is looking like it's been wasted based on what Lampard's done. You're going to have to pay off Lampard however much he's on on his contract and his coaching staff. You're going to have to give a next new deal to other people and, and, and a new coaching staff. It's January, so if a man came in tomorrow, you're going to have to kind of give... I'm not saying you have to give him a new 200 million, but you're going to have to allow him to sell a man he don't want, somewhat bring in man, you know. So you're going to need to sell a man, or to sack a man, sorry, better yet, you're going to need a plan. You need a plan, whether that's the Allegri's, whether that's Tuchel's. Personally, I think if Pochettino was involved and he had a, he was on joining Chelsea, I think Lampard would have been clipped a long time ago. And uh, naturally, Chelsea should have concerns. The way they've been playing has been concerned. And even when they're playing amazing, there was some concern. So no one knows better than Lampard. He's under pressure. Simple as that. 
You know, PSG apparently are in negotiations for, for Moise Keane to turn his season-long loan deal into a permanent one for 31 million, which would be good for all parties. Ain't worked out, therefore, ain't worked out at Everton for him. Give him a 31 million, let them reinvest. For PSG, they found the little rotation option and some players are better with better players, you know. Like, Moise Keane was better at Juventus. You know, at Everton, where you have to do a bit more, it might be a bit mad. Um, so, yeah. You know, Pochettino's been officially confirmed as PSG boss and as expected, you can already see it. Not only Ericsson links, but apparently he's made contact with Dele Alli over a loan move and he wants to bring in Dele Alli, which, again, playing Champions League football, pl trying to play regular football to have even a glimmer's hope of going to the Euros is what Dele needs to do. Um, apparently Juventus will sign, sell Dybala if he doesn't agree a contract extension. Um you know, Dejane of Everton is close to signing a new deal. Apparently, Arsenal are ready to recall Lucas Torreira and Florentina are interested in him. Um, wouldn't mind us selling him because I'm tired of the Lucas Torreira nonsense. Damari Gray's interest in Southampton. Not too sure he improves you or helps you in any way. Has not kicked on at all. Jean Jordan said he's super comfortable at Seville after being linked with Arsenal. That will do that to a guy. Um... Sam Allardyce has revealed how new Brexit regulations have already harmed his plans for January transfer window. And again, you know, he is allowed to vote Brexit, you know, for reasons away from football. But he was very vocal on voting Brexit. And you would think someone like Sam Allardyce, who's been in football, would be able to consider all the possibilities. So I don't really care. I somewhat find it ironic and somewhat find it funny that he's laughing at these Brexit, reg that he's having struggles with this Brexit um issues it's almost as much egg on his face as to when he got smacked 4-0 on Saturday after talking about us being rivals don't keep my club out your dirty mouth Sam Allardyce he hates Arsenal we hate him or better yet I hate him and you know Stoke and Sam you know I wish the worst on from a footballing sense I wish the worst on Sam Allardyce and Stoke City Football Club I wish they get into League One and and, be, and below that I hope Sam Allardyce loses his job and loses his record as being a guy who never gets relegated and things like that what a twat cry some more um, we've been linked with Buendia. Whether that happens is another thing. I would love it to happen. But again, that you're hearing they want 40 million. You're hearing he'll push for a move. Arsenal need to make that happen because Norwich do not want to want to sell a player mid-season. They know they're sitting on a banker. They know they're going to make a handsome profit on the couple of quid they spent on him. So we'll have to see what happens. He's also been linked with Villa, um, with um, Man said Villarreal, with Aston Villa as well. Um Leeds, Palace and Arsenal apparently tracking QPR's 26-year-old Swiss goalkeeper saying DJ, I've never watched him play, I don't know anything about him, so make of that what you will, people. So yeah, man, it's January, we're going to see a lot of January transfer news, hopefully Arsenal can bring a creative midfielder in. Um, in terms of other news, people, apparently Sheffield United are investigating images on social media which appear to show French forward Mousse crashing his Lamborghini. You know, South Yorkshire police say they arrested two men on suspicion of drink driving after an incident in Sheffield in the early hours of Monday morning. They say an orange Lamborghini had been in collision with a number of parked cars. Away from that, I'm sure you've all saw Cavani's had his had his banned, you know, he's been banned from the FA. And all of the Uruguayan players are calling on the FA to overturn the free game ban people. He was also fined 100k. Um, so yeah, make of that what you will, but I don't have anything more to add. I've enjoyed reviewing the Premier League action with you lot, reviewed, talking about a couple of other things, so it's been a fantastic 50-odd minutes with you guys, people. I'll be back on Friday as we look towards the FA Cup action and whatnot, but yeah, and even fact, in fact, obviously, before I get in, before I go away, we've obviously got the semi Bell Cup semi-finals, people. You've got Spurs against Brentford today, I believe, and you've got the Manchester United, Manchester Derby, so... Yeah, and obviously the, the, that final is not going to be played in February or at the end of January. Whenever it used to be, it's going to be played in May. So it's a good little treat, a day out. So yeah, people, I've enjoyed speaking with you a lot. But yeah, I've got nothing more to add. You know, please make sure you're following me across all my socials. Information is in the description. Deluded Guna and everything. Deluded Guna 04 and everything. Snapchat DGuna04 primarily on youtube make sure you're following me on the spotify and the apple and the rest of it and i'll be back on friday with a another you know deluded podcast episode but for now people deluded i'm out i guess it's back to making content on youtube thank you for listening